welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hi everyone, I'm Sue Omenson. In this series, we focus on trees, one of the most important and valued parts of our northern Illinois landscape. In this episode, our guests are two members of our Naperville Park District staff who help manage our woodland areas and the trees in our parks. Peggy Mata is a project manager who designs parks and plans natural area restorations. And Jesse Barr is a park specialist who maintains some of our large wooded areas in South Naperville, as well as other parks. So glad to have you both on the podcast. Thanks, Sue. Nice to be here, Sue. (laughs) So of course, everyone values trees in our parks, but not all trees are helpful to the environment. Peggy, would you explain um, what invasive trees are and give us some examples of invasive tree species in our area? Sure. Um, Invasive species are plants, trees, or herbaceous vegetation that didn't naturally evolve here in our ecosystem. It was introduced by seed at a later date. So some examples would be uh, burning bush or... Those are the ones that turn bright red in the fall, And right? everyone loves them. <laughs> everyone loves them. I don't love them. Because <laughs> right? Jesse has to remove them all, right? Yes, they're beautiful, but their berries are um, loved by birds mm. and deposited all over the woodlands. Okay. So they sort of take over. Um, that's an example of an invasive species. Another one that we see everywhere is a Bradford pear. Now those are the pears that turn white in the spring. They have white blossoms. Exactly. Okay. So they're desirable in a landscape or they were. They were. (laughs) And they get really, really bright fall color as well. Okay. So people still really like them. Okay. And they look like little lollipops. And that's another reason people love them because they're just very controlled there's nothing sort of erratic about them except that they disperse their seeds everywhere and and take over all sorts of spaces i even see them um on the interstate any sort of turf area possible they seem to be yeah for sure any areas that that don't get mowed regularly um, they show up in the thousands and an interesting oh. thing about the the calorie pear or the Bradford pear, they were they were two distinct, um, supposedly sterile cultivars, okay. and they were on their own. But then when they started planting them near each other, they found out that they together were not sterile anymore, and that's what's oh, that's causing the spread. They're and they're really bad for the environment. I mean, I've seen. Um, burning bush take over woodlands, but it's nothing like what these pears can do. What happens with the pears? Why are they so harmful to a woodland? What they do is they go in and they take over any, as Jesse said, any open area and nothing else can grow. They do not allow native species to grow or they don't allow for diversity in a landscape. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think touching on diversity is is really the key um, and an interesting extension of that, um, so the Bradford pear, we see kind of in open areas, um, but one thing, one species, like say if we get into Knock Knolls, which has several areas of high quality native woodland, okay, um, like a Norway maple is a species that's planted 
same deal in people's yards and landscaping. Um, and that will take over a woodland in the same way, similar way to what a Bradford pear will take over kind of an open area. Um, and they simply just do it by out competing native species and then don't let anything else grow. There's areas of the woods at Knock Knolls that this time of year are just unbelievably beautiful because the whole canopy and the whole forest floor are all Norway maple and they all go yellow to orange both up above you and down below you at the same time. But if you're really paying attention, that's the only thing that's growing. Oh there. yeah. And, and why is um, biodiversity so important in our environment? Our squirrels, our native animals rely on a diverse diet mm -hmm. in order to survive. Squirrels eat acorns and all and a lot of other types of seeds and they need that to survive and to be healthy. Okay. And if we have only Bradford pears, only Norway maples, our native animals aren't going to be able to flourish and survive. Yeah, and sort of an extension of that thought as well. Um, a pretty good example of of the problem with a monoculture or a single species um, would be the recent infestation of emerald ash borer. Mm -hmm. right. If we just have a single species or close to a single species or somewhere really close to a monoculture and, um, you know, it could be something as simple as uh, weather being cyclical, a few hot, dry years that that said species doesn't do well in and we lose half the population or a pest such as that emerald ash borer mm -hmm. comes through and wipes out a species and that's the only thing we have, well then... <laughs> then the whole forest is gone. Then it's gone, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So diversity is really, really important. Um, on many levels, you know, both wildlife, um, food, food source, mm -hmm. um, just on and on and on. I mean, we could talk, we could do several <laughs> podcasts about yeah, this. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks. That's a, that's a great uh, summary and introduction to that. And we were talking about a couple of tree species that are invasive. Um, how about shrubs? Like I heard recently that up to 25% of our county's tree canopy is made up of buckthorn that's crazy <laughs> so why why is that a problem it's not as tall as a tree but it's growing in the in the forest yeah so buckthorn is definitely got its own things going on i mean it was really widely planted in landscape i, I believe it was like 80 to 100 years ago so a little bit longer ago than maybe these bradford pears okay. we were talking about yeah. right i realized it sort of goes unchecked um and the way it does that not only out competes um natives as far as um, getting out of the ground and growing quickly it then creates a dense shade canopy mm -hmm. so nothing else can grow mm -hmm. but then buckthorn takes it to another level oh. and it actually puts a toxin or a poison into the ground that limits other plant species it kills other plants limits them from growing oh my so, i didn't know that wow. yeah it's particularly bad um it was one of the northern north shore suburbs i think had this 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 policy it was like 30 or 40 years ago that they did not eradicate buckthorn and they were just going to let it let it go and sue so you're gonna have to go back and check my stats <laughs> on this but um i, I want to say at this point letting it go so many years unchecked their canopy is something outrageous like 60 percent buckthorn or something oh so, that's really not yeah. good i was talking with one of our other park specialists 
a couple years ago who was in charge of volunteers removing buckthorn and and after they did that it she said that the um the seed that native seed that was buried in the ground started growing again mm-hmm. once it got the sunshine right once the native seed it stays in the soil for i don't know decades a long time. decades at yeah. least a minimum yeah. decades and once it's allowed to flourish it does it gets sunlight and it just goes it's it's cool to restore natural areas like that because once you get rid of that um, invasives these beautiful things start popping up and that is exciting yeah yeah, you don't even have to plant sometimes Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the seed bank is already in there and this is another topic that i've I've read something about somewhat recently um it's one of the major universities in this country over a hundred years ago started to do a study of the seed bank and this professor went and buried seeds in sealed jars x amount of feet underground and it's something like it's cyclical every four or eight years they dig them up and plant them and still have yet to find any that aren't germinating so that's amazing they're still making it work if they've after they've been you know buried underground and kept away from light and moisture and and they're still viable that's amazing so one area where invasive trees often grow is around ponds Um, why is that especially a problem growing so close to a pond Sure, that gets right into um, my area of <laughs> That's expertise. That's your wheelhouse, Peggy. Yes, yes, it is. It is. Um, well, there's several things that go along with this. There is a predominant invasive species that grow along the shoreline. It's the European alder. Oh, okay. And they're especially viable around ponds because their seed floats. And so it floats... Oh, and it, across the pond. <laughs> it embeds itself into the shoreline. If there's any erosion at all, it embeds itself into the shoreline and then grows and then it just takes over. That's something that's very bad about this tree, particularly along the shorelines. But another reason that it's bad is that trees have larger root systems. So mm-hmm. they have woody roots. Right. They're bigger. Everybody's seen them along shorelines sort of sticking up out of the shore, into the water, right Mm -hmm. before the tree falls into the water. Um, So trees don't really hold back erosion. We need herbaceous plants that have deep roots that will really create a matrix along the shorelines to hold that erosion back. And so the trees don't have that ability. Okay. So we do like the trees on the shoreline, not right on, but close to the shoreline to provide shade for fish and habitat but not it doesn't hold back erosion so it can be sometimes detrimental to the shorelines yeah and the 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 native wetland plants they call them obligate wetland plants are turns out really really a vital um, element and key factor in keeping your pond water clean i know one good example is brook crossings yeah that was a great um project that we started last year and we'll finish it next year in 2023 um the european alder had taken over the shorelines it's a creek that goes into a detention pond and then back into a creek and it was overtaken by european alder there was no native vegetation along the shoreline Mm. so it was eroding and it was just woody trees with nothing holding the shoreline so we were able to Um, remove all of the alders 
and reestablish the shoreline with native vegetation so that now we can um, invite the those riparian animals and plants back into that ecosystem mm-hmm. and it creates a healthier pond. The water's cleaner. The birds love it. It's much nicer. There's a whole other layer of that project that's related to that shoreline going away. What'd you do there? <laughs> what? <laughs> the dredging. Oh, the dredging. Well, that's a whole nother thing because that's a symptom of almost a symptom of yeah. the invasive species that were growing along the shoreline because those woody uh, alders were not holding back the erosion yeah so it was eroding right into that pond it was almost not a pond anymore yeah it was more of like a wetland a bog almost in a sense it was just you could walk it looked like the geese were walking on water because the the sediment had filled so much of it Um, so we were able to get in there and mechanically dredge and then secure the shoreline that's very costly. So what we're trying to do now is stop that from happening on our other ponds. So we don't want the other ponds to erode and cause right. those problems. So what can um, someone who lives in Naperville do about helping our environment as far as preventing some of these in- invasives from taking over? The short answer is just to plant native. Um, and, and there's a lot more diversity in our native both shrubs and trees in the area, I think, than people realize. Planting native is not only do are they kept in check by the natural environment, they're much easier to take care of. And they live a long time. Some plants that we have liked in the past, like the Bradford pear, it's like instant gratification because yeah. they grow so quickly. Yep. And people love that. It's like instant. So for the natives, you might have to wait a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but it's so much more beautiful and it supports bees and native yeah, insects, insects and, and animals yeah. and all sorts of things. And on and on, right? Like, you know, planting native will help support the ones that are supposed to be here. Right. <laughs> and nothing loves the Bradford pear except the birds that eat them because it's like candy. <laughs> yeah. And I could be wrong about this, but I don't think they get much from those either. They don't. You're right. Yeah, so I was recently listening to this brilliant podcast and this man was studying all of the life that is supported by one oak tree yeah and it's amazing and then he compares it to invasive species which support maybe one thing two things and sometimes isn't it an invasive bird um like a starling (laughs) yeah true exactly yeah true so yeah but the other thing that i wanted to mention too is that nurseries still sell invasive species Mm mm-hmm I had a neighbor down the street ask me what she should plant and I gave her a list and she comes back and the nursery sold her a burning bush. Well, and the interesting thing, and this is a great example of that, right? Um, the, the botanical name for burning brush bush is euonymus. There's a native euonymus mm-hmm. that you could plant oh, and it would be just totally okay. It doesn't get quite as bright in the fall. It's hard. I mean, you really have to look it up. So there are sources online that you can Google. Um, 
that will tell you what not to plant. Okay. And the Morton Arboretum has a really good website. Fantastic mm. website. And it'll say specifically, do not plant. Right, right. <laughs> Another great resource we've found is the Missouri Botanical yes, Garden. Kemper. It's just fantastic. Yeah. And we can definitely put that on our, our webpage that goes yeah. along with this episode mm-hmm. so yeah. people can Yeah, really look good that information. Up. Yeah, well, great. Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.